Welcome to Chick Chat with Unapologetically Karen, the podcast for women by women. I'm Karen Webb, architect, author, entrepreneur, creative junkie, and your host. Chick Chat is your resource for building your big, bold, and beautiful feminine life. So join me for some eye-opening and jaw-dropping dialogue that has people talking. Our guest today is Vivian Knable. She is an author, thinker, and student of life. In her book, From Rebel to Champagne, she shares her personal experiences as a child of post-World War II Berlin and struggles through childhood in discovering the true secrets of creating a fulfilling and meaningful life, even amidst tragedy. Her journey is a testament to the human struggle, which we all face, and her ultimate triumphs in the face of adversity. Her inspiring life story was turned into a documentary film called An Unimportant Girl. Thank you for being here, Vivian. Thank you, Karen, for having me. Wonderful. And I am so, in, I, I'm really in awe, honestly, of, um, I mean, a lot of people go through a lot of struggles, but yours are in a whole other league. <laughs> Everyone yes. has different ones, but we're all faced with them. Sooner exactly. Or later. That's right. So I'd love to kind of get into a little bit of what those struggles were. And then I want to just kind of get into sort of what makes it so that you have such a wonderful, vibrant, positive outlook on life, even even despite all of that. So you were born during um, or during the war, World War II. Tell me a little, and it sounds like that the memory of that must be, you know, you were too young, but but the aftermath of the war is really what your childhood was. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That I very well remember the aftermath, uh, everything, just destruction around me. And uh, really the world was devoid of any color and hunger and cold was a constant. And I had a, a mother um, <clears throat> who was uh, fiercely devoted to us. I had a sister who was illegitimate and I was Ill- illegitimate as well. And that was pretty much taboo in Germany. But my mother was a rebel, a nonconformist, <laughs> a free spirit, a free spirit. But she had a heart of gold. She instilled the best values. Uh, also, she really stressed the moral beauty of uh, empathy, mm-hmm. kindness, love, and uh, and uh, so she was a great example in in where it really counts. Right, absolutely. So that must have been. Did you ever know your father then at all? No, I know about my father, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I've never uh, seen him, and I think he. Uh, he, uh, um, uh, you know, he was uh, from Budapest, Hungary, and uh, he worked for the uh, um, the uh, um, it was he was a diplomat, and he mm-hmm. had a doctorate, and uh, for the uh, f- foreign office, and that was uh, attacked, and there was nothing left of it, and I could never find a picture of him. Oh, and, really? Uh, wow. Right. I could never find a picture so, because uh, uh, Budapest was under siege, siege, you know, for, I see. Yes. for uh, some time. And uh, uh, that's how my mother met him. She He traveled from Budapest um, to uh, uh, Berlin back and forth. And that's how they met. So he was, uh, that, that, that's all I know about it. I returned to Budapest one day and uh, with 
I had such, I was emotional because I looked yeah. at, at old men's faces to see, you know, right. you know, to imagine where my father walked and so on. We all yes. want to know where, uh, you know, where, we come where from. the father comes from. Right, exactly. right. Yeah. But I had, the, like I said, uh, Karen, the most loving mother who protected us from falling bombs and Soviet attacks and, and kept us the food on the table, working the black market, striking deals. And, uh, and uh, so she, uh, she was tough. She was very tough and a great, good soul. Yeah, it sounds like sure. very tough and, and resourceful. Yeah, very much so. And, and I and, remember, yeah. No, go ahead, go so ahead. I remember cuddling up with my mother and my sister and <clears throat> she also taught us hold on to hope and always have a dream and freely pursue your dream. You know, she always right. pointed out the beauty in that is still remaining, even though everything was black and destroyed. But she mm. would point out a, a cement crack where a little a plant came through. You know, she, nice. she was right. so spiritual. She was not, um, I would say, religious, but deeply spiritual. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yes. And it's, and it's, it's really your outlook on it. You need to look and find that beauty rather yes, than being, that's so where sad. it comes from. Right. It wasn't surrounding yes. you, but you had to look for it. Right. Um, and then did, did you stay in Germany as it kind of, you know, regrew itself or did you leave at that point? When well, did you? <clears throat> first of all, I, I watched my home city divided into uh, two sectors. Uh, oh. West Berlin yes. and her Buddhist sister, East Berlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up in the West. So thank heavens for that. Thank goodness, yes. And, what was uh, the, can and, you share with people what the difference is, what the difference at that time was between East and West? Oh, it was it was a, a major, the wall was not up yet. That came later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had family in the East and we often traveled to visit our aunts and cousins in uh, in the East. And boy, you went through the the uh, the the border and you were looked up and down and my mother always said don't say anything don't say mm-hmm. anything you know yeah. just be quiet and so you were you were really subdued you know you could not listen to the um, uh, western channel on the radio when we were at our family's house oh wow so mm-hmm. it was uh, you know it was uh, it was a, a huge difference a huge really difference. interesting yeah mm-hmm. and also you know the the people were often they had very little but you know the party bosses they lived uh they had their fresh oranges and fresh coffee and you know they had all that so wow. uh, it, there was a uh, there was a big difference there too because right. everything was poorer in the in the east it was of less everything was less quality everything was poorer so uh, yeah and then 1948 um uh, berlin was West Berlin was cut off from from supplies, and uh, uh, so the Americans they launched a year long airlift in 1948. I was five years old, wow. and uh, to drop food and supplies on our city, and that was my first experience with the Americans. And I always say, I see the Americans as brave and open hearted people, and mm. I later on had the good fortune to be accepted in this country as a as a citizen, because I had no citizenship. I don't know that I mentioned that because you didn't, I did share that. Yeah. Yes. They and when you deny me citizenship, they because of that, because of that, is so that I still like that country? Is it still like uh, that today? I don't know what, 
I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the law is today, but at that time, you were, you only got the citizenship from the father. And since I had no oh, father, right. in there, you know, and uh, so I was, uh, I was not, uh, I was denied citizenship, and that made its mark on me because from the get go, my first experience was that lack of sense of belonging. Yes, right. You know? mm-hmm. Of place. Yeah, I, I would understand that absolutely. And was it the same then for your sister? Hey, the same for my sister. Right, yes. because she, okay, yes. interesting. She also was an illegitimate child, yes. Mm-hmm. So but, both of you. Yes, so these were the challenges. And uh, there was hunger and cold, which was a constant, you know. And then at the age of 13, uh, my mother immigrated. <clears throat> she married an old school friend who had just returned from Siberia. He'd been incarcerated for five years in Siberia. And he was a custom tailor by profession. And I think that saved his life because he mended the uniforms. Oh, I uh, see. And he was he in jail for, for stealing. He was in for, for, and then also he stole a piece of bread because they were at the brink of starvation. Yeah, and that's what he was and incarcerated he, for. Yeah. And wow. No, he, he, while being incarcerated, he stole a uh, oh, piece of bread. Oh, I he see. Not, okay. He was a prisoner of war. Oh, I see. Really? Siberia. He was sent oh my to Siberia goodness. as a prisoner of war for five years. He was incarcerated. And during that time, he stole a piece of bread and they beat him up severely. Uh, it was a major crime because everybody was hungry. You know? Right. But wow. We do, des- we do desperate things in desperate situations. Exactly. It's survival and you know? desperation. It's yeah. very different. Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah. think, I think as Americans, we don't quite, that's why I asked for these questions. We don't know what that's like. We don't know what it's like to have a war, you know, on our land really. And Karen, what yes, that feels like. You're right. We never know Mm-mm. how anything feels until we walk in the shoes of those that have, that go through. Right. You know? Absolutely. We have to be in their skin in order to, and that is why also empathy really is developed in our tough times, but it should be, it should be applied every day, all the time. Absolutely. You know, but that is where our pain, that uh, that our, our our feeling for others, you know, usually most likely came from our past painful experiences. Absolutely. I really believe yeah. that. Okay. And so then at, at age, uh, at what age did you then move to? I was to 13. 13. Was 13. Okay. And when we boarded the ship uh, across to go across the Atlantic to Canada, and uh, Karen, when I was on that ship, I look back at my homeland, even though I was not, mm. they did not accept me as a, as a citizen. My experiences were not good ones, but it's all I knew. And right. I still cried because I left behind everything I knew. But at the same time, I <clears throat> turned into the direction where I was going and said to myself, one day I'll return successfully. Mm, nice. Right, right. I manifested. I had that intention. I already, as a child of 13 years old, set intention for my life. Right. Absolutely. Which, yeah. And that is amazing. And then you were able to years later. And actually did it. Yes. Mm -hmm, Actually, mm -hmm. I walked that long path to self-discovery and self-fulfillment later on. Uh, But I think we need to set intention for our life. Of course, I was very young. I wasn't aware that I did that, you know. Right. Absolutely. It's just something innate that I said, I'm going to do better. And I think I have my mother to thank for it because 
she always inspired us to to hold on to a dream, have a dream, believe that better is coming, <clears throat> and see the remaining good. She right. pointed all, always out what little crumb of good there was. And I think that is my mindset. And I've got my mother to thank for that. And that is, yeah, that's huge because your outlook is really everything. I think you can have the same situation and it depends on your mindset, your outlook, you know, if it's positive, if it's the victim attitude, or if you just say, this is what I've been given and I'm going to make better of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Karen, you know, life is a question of interpretation. Yes. How you see things. Yes. How you see things. And there's so much to it. And uh, so, yeah. And then we, we, um, arrived in Canada and the first uh, uh, ye- first winter we went hungry again because wow. my stepfather could not um, find work even though he had been always a hard worker but he could not find work and my mother being so resourceful she took me by the hand walked me into with me into a random church we I explained our plight to the priest with broken English I didn't know mm-hmm. the command of the language and but he sympathetically handed us uh, $35 to survive, to get the staples, the rice, wow. <coughs> flour nice. and bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So I, that was a good experience from the church. They did help us. And, uh, yeah, and then at age 14, I asked my mother if I could not join the workforce. I wanted to help uh, the family. Uh, and my mother obtained a special permit and I got um, a working permit. And, and you did at Ford. Yeah. Oh, di- that's yeah. right. Wow. That is so interesting. Most yeah. people nowadays, they don't even start looking for work yet. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And and then you had mentioned also in, in some of the, the things that I read and looked at um, that even after that, that was not though the end of, of the struggles the that struggles, you would have. No. Yes. So when I know that there was some sexual harassment, et cetera. Tell us a little about what, what the next struggle that you encountered was. Yeah, that was at my workplace, which actually I thought was a great uh, opportunity for me because it was I was working for a dentist who was going to train me to become a dental assistant. I was hardworking. I'm willing to put my all into it. And right. But one day, one of his friends walked in when the doctor was not there and he sexually abused me. And I was only 14. I looked oh about, gosh. you know, but yeah. I, I was a child, an innocent child. And so I told my mother, she said, uh, you have to leave. So I left yeah. and then worked at a, at a dime store, Woolworth, five and ten cent store. And I uh, worked behind <laughs> yeah. the lunch counter, making sandwiches with care and heart. And, yes. uh, but I knew in order to improve my station in life, I'm going to have to do better. So I entered night school and learned stenography and typing in order to uh, maybe uh, have an office job later on. And so I did that and I did get an office job at uh, Volkswagen Sales and Service. Wow. That iconic car dealership. Yes, uh, yes. I worked up there in the accounting department and I was very, became increasingly unhappy there because I was working with much older women. I was only, uh, uh, at that time, I was, what was I, 16, was working uh, 16, close to 17, and I felt isolated, alone. I felt there was no connection, and I um, I spiraled into deep depression. Right, and, and, and during had, that time where you, and we'll get to that, and just, I definitely want to yeah. delve into that. Um, during that time, were you um, in school? Did you Were you able to meet people there? 
No, I was at work. It was at work. I was already at that. I I was barely 17. I had that job at Volkswagen Sales and Service right. in the accounting department because I learned this, uh, you know, because I had yeah. gone to that night school. And uh, there I slipped into a depression. I did not talk to anyone about it. I felt ashamed because I mm. always wanted to do my best and always put my best foot forward. So I kind of dealt with it all on my own. And uh, one day I decided to end my life uh, uh, closing the garage door from a garage which I had rented. I bought already a small used car. And uh, I heard that the carbon monoxide would render you unconscious if you mm -hmm. close the garage door and had turn the motor on. And uh, as I waited for my end, a little girl appeared in front of me all of a sudden. She must yep, have been like, I think she was around six. And she asked me, what are you doing? And I was still fully conscious. And I said to her, I immediately turned off the motor. And I said to her, I'm going to wash my car. And I opened the garage door. And, and she skipped off. Unaware really? that she was, uh, she just yeah. saved my Where life. Where did she come from? How well, was she? Well, she must have been the daughter of the owner of that uh, duplex who rented the garage to me. I see. Wow. She oh must my have been there. I've never met her. And so she, there was a side door and she later on, I thought, where did she come from? And she must have entered that side door, which I was un oh. did not pay attention to, but it wasn't meant to be. I was meant for yep. other things. Oh, absolutely. So I, I up, believe I that. Up, yes. And I just picked myself up, clung to a glimmer of hope and went uh, on with my life. And uh, not uh, soon after that, um, a position opened up downstairs with the service department. They needed a secretary for the service manager and the customer service. And I got the job immediately and I already felt so much better because oh, that's good. I was, yeah. there was life around me. I needed right. that. I was, I, I was felt isolated up there. So, and then at the age of 20, my husband, I met my husband, he bought a Porsche and, uh, he noticed me and, uh, and, uh, eventually we got married. He was and where also a was German he immigrant. from? Oh, he was. Okay. He was also a German immigrant, but he was not. Uh, he was sent by a company to uh, Montreal because he was fluent in English, German, and, and French. He was fluent in French. So, uh, yeah, and he believed in me. And mm -hmm. he uh, um, he uh, believed in me and uh, uh, inspired me to learn and grow. And, uh, and I think he just, you know, it needs one person that believes yes. in you. That's interesting. And, yeah. uh, and I just went that road and I got better and better. And our life became, it was a beautiful wow. life. I've been married now for 58 years. And oh, a beautiful marriage. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, yes, that's wonderful. And I, I wrote this book, uh, my first book from rubble to champagne, uh, because I literally came out of the rubble, you know. Oh, you did. Uh, Absolutely. And champagne is the life I had with my husband then. Now, you know, the life yes, is champagne. I call it, it is. champagne. What and is his I, name? What is his name? Wieland. Wieland. Okay. Wieland. He went through a lot of hardships in, in Germany too. Where he was in, Did uh, he? Oh, gee. There was a very tough time. So I think because of that, we could relate too. Right. Absolutely. You know? It would be hard to have, yeah, with someone who couldn't understand what you had gone through. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Think about it. Yeah. His family was well-to-do, uh, uh, Karen, in, in uh, Germany, and they had to flee. With just the clothes on their back, and they wow. he was raised with hired help, and his father had a company and all that. They left everything behind, and when they fled, they had to on their 
they went that they had found that one corridor uh, where they could flee and uh, uh, when the uh, planes came to attack they had to f- throw themselves flat on the ground there were four children oh my goodness and, yeah and uh, and uh, flat on the ground and uh, then they were caught by the Czechs um and they incarcerated them for half a year where they lived in one room 13 people oh my you know, goodness yeah in one room with the, just a, a little stove in the middle where uh, a stove uh, and then a bucket where they had to do their business yeah you know? wow it was just rough really oh, rough terrible yeah, yeah. So he knows what it means not to have and to suffer too. So I think that is why we connected. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, were you both, were, was his family Jewish and had to flee or did people no, flee no, just he, because? They had to just flee from the Russians. Interesting. They had to flee yeah. from the Russians, right. Because, wow. uh, so so yeah, each has, each has their own story. I mirrored my story through my mother. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yes. how the German people suffered and to keep their families afloat, you know, how they dealt with all that conflict. It is tough. And now we have the same situation basically in, in the Ukraine. Uh, because there, there's so many similarities with that war and Hitler's Nazi Germany. It, it just shows you we need to learn from this. And I believe my book and my documentary will uh, um, uh, open up people uh, to the uh, to pay attention uh, to trust in the integrity of your own mind instead of follow uh, propaganda uh, exactly the Germans which i think great right, propaganda and right. the same with the russians you know right so yeah. uh, many similarities you know that's very uh, true yeah and I think we have that here now i don't think people know even what to trust anymore i don't think yeah. you know we and really know it's um, so important. Did your mother know that you had gone through the suicide attempt? No. Nothing. No, did yes. you ever tell I, her? I never told wow, her. Really? And I never told my husband until many years later. Wow. And did your sister many know either? Later. No. No. She Nobody. didn't know oh that my goodness. I did, kept that to myself. I was ashamed that I would mm. go this far. You know? Right. And I always wanted to... Have uh, portray the image, you know, a positive image, and not, yes. You know, so wow. I, I disguised it, and therefore it was harder. Even as a, exactly a, at that yeah. age when I went through it, it was harder because I had no way to share it with anyone. Right. Uh, uh, but I would advise young people, many young people, for one reason or another, they go through these uh, times to remind them <clears throat> uh, life is not static; it will yes. change, and believe, have hope. And and believe uh, that better is coming. That is mm-hmm. my message. Mm-hmm. And also good, yes. my social message here is for Americans to reunite because there's so much, so there's much power in unity. So much division right now, yeah. right? Absolutely. And that I think that's the biggest. Yeah, that's very true. And I think it's uh it's probably the biggest issue we have right now in this country. Yeah, yeah, I and agree this with beautiful you. Beautiful country. It was strong. Yeah. It is still strong. Uh, that the the key is unite. It's right. so simple. Let's just you know leave all that that hatred behind mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. division, this hatred. I don't know. I just can't think that way. I only see right. good. I I only look for the good because uh, the the negative experiences, negative thoughts, they will just drain you of your energy. Absolutely. Put it where. Put your energy where it is productive. 
Right. And, and, you know, because I mean, for you to even, you know, it, it makes some of us who may have some sort of issues that we think are so huge, which in hindsight, or just in, when you put it into perspective compared to your life, it can be so trivial to even with those, you know, if we can get past, if you can get past what you did, if you can still surface from that as a positive human being, you know, with, with this optimistic vitality, so should everybody, but it is hard. Did did your sister do with it all too? Did she struggle as much? My sister seemed to, no, she wasn't Mm. because I was always a seeker and a searcher. Mm-hmm. All other children suffered as much as we did. Only we had some special circumstances with being illegitimate. Right. Um, uh, but uh, um, uh, the way we grew up, it was different. But uh, my sister, no, she is. Uh, she was more. She wasn't the seeker and searcher that I was. She wasn't uh, as deep as a right. sensitive. Exactly. You know? At yes, least, I understand that. I think that's why she didn't suffer. But you know what? We need to see the higher value in the challenges and adversities because right. they make us resilient. I agree with you. I know. And resilience mm-hmm. is something we can learn. It, it breeds purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it breeds purpose and it's something we can learn. Resilient people are those that go through challenges and adversities and draw something good, something out positive of it. Yes. out of it for themselves. I agree and with you. I, I think that there's this... You can train Right. I think that there's this feeling or sentiment or expectation that, you know, life is supposed to be easy, wonderful, et cetera. And that, oh gosh, but I have this in the way now and this, and then I'll get back to my life. But really those struggles are life. I mean, that, that is, is life. Exactly. That is it's it, not the leftover. That is the crux of it. You are so right, Karen, yeah. because, uh, this without it, there is no life. No. Without challenges, and we would still be in the sandbox because we would not learn. Exactly. These in struggles, our we we really our true potential comes out. Right. That's you where know, we I grow. I really believe yeah. that, and we should also say to ourselves, you know, a lot of times people think I have so little. Well, when we think we have so little, we really in reality have so much. Exactly. Yes. yes so much. You know, it's interesting because I had been talking to some. Uh, recently or a few months back, you know, somebody who was not from this country um, was actually from Russia and during a time when they really, really struggled. And, you know, and her response kind of to what's been going on in the United States is that we think it's no big deal to have this division because our day-to-day existence is not that affected, right? And we don't know what it is like to really struggle. Um, which we hate to get to that point to finally wake up, but, but there is that, I think you have, and she had a different sense of, you know, how much the bottom can fall out of your life. You know, we don't have that here. We, we really don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you've gone through a lot, you are resilient and you can deal with the adversities better. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a reason for all this. There is a reason for all this. I don't wish this kind of a life, the youth that I had uh, uh, for my children or for anyone for that matter, but I'm still grateful I went through it all mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it made me who I am. And I think yeah. my uh, the character that best would define me would be a profound sense of gratitude. Nice. Right. For, wow. For, I think when we are grateful, it brings us the best in ourselves. Very and, true. Uh, 
it is uh, gratitude is everything that gratitude really is key and do you think that so i've often heard and I, I i do sometimes feel that you know the youth in our country there there is not that sense of gratitude that there is often not always but often a sense of you know sort of entitlement and expectation and yeah. you know that we deserve all of this how do you how does you know, are you a parent? You had children then. I have two children, yeah. yes. How did and you get uh, them to see that? Just, you know, well, did you, you know? I, it will never be the same as with me, uh, Karen. Right. It can't right. be because can't. they have not, they don't know what it means not to have. But uh, I've, I've definitely instilled the moral values in them. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, also, I always say, yeah, be, be grateful, but it's different. You, you, there's a different gratitude. It's it's yes. something, you know. It's when you really have nothing. Yeah. Every little little crumb is big. Right, right, you and know, that stays small, with you your whole life. That, do you think that's I for for me? Maybe I'm overly yeah. was always overly sensitive, but for me it stays because. And I remember my mother whenever she um, uh, she uh, started to slice a loaf of bread, she always made that cross. The sign of the cross with a knife before. She oh. was always bless the bread. Uh, we should be grateful for for the bread we put on the table. Right. Karen, I set my table at night, and and I have my French press there, and I know I'll have nice hot rolls in the morning, and I have, have yes. uh, butter and 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 all that. And I, even though I should be used to it, you know, after right. so many years right. living in luxury on top of it, uh, but I, I. I am grateful for that. Every night I say, oh, I'm so blessed to have all this. Wow, that's you interesting. Know? And also, yeah. I went through COVID. Uh, it, it was easier for me to go through during that time of COVID because I thought, I'm still blessed. Right. I'm not attacked by bombs. I still have a roof over my head. My refrigerator, I can still fill it. Right, you know? yeah. And yeah. so I was filled with gratitude and I immersed myself into my second book, uh, and so I had a purpose on top of it. Uh, so right. yes, uh, a gratitude. Uh, we can we can uh, focus on it more. Just think of I tell my children, think of the other, or told them when they were little. Uh, think of of the suffering that is going on in in the other parts of the world. How many people have nothing? You know, absolutely. And always point that out and and count your blessings. You know, and the life is full of beauty, no matter how many challenges. Like the little flower coming out of the crack. You know, notice it. Yeah, the imagery of that's going to stick with me. That you've said that absolutely. Yes, that that power, that that uh, the 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 life force. You know, Mm -hmm. the life force Mm -hmm. and. and we have so much of the beauty is free. It's in nature. Right. And even you despite the nature. rubble, you find it. You do have to yes. look for it, but you find yes. it. You have and to how look for it. many kids, tell me about your children then. Did, so you and your husband, you were already then in, in Canada or the U.S.? Uh, my children were born both in Canada, in Montreal okay. both. And then we immigrated to the U.S. where my husband went to do business with another partner. And uh, so they actually grew up in the U.S. Okay. So they, mm-hmm. they, uh, yeah, they had a really a good life. Whereas I feel I really had no, I had the childhood, which was hard and youth. I really did not experience the youth, mm-hmm. the parties, the going right. to college. No, it sounds like none, you didn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. None of that. Wow. It was, I was deprived of that. And yet I live my life so full. I have the mm-hmm. inner dignity of having truly living a, a, a loved and appreciated mm-hmm. life. So right. this is wealth. Yes. This is wealth. That you are abs- that's a beautiful thing to say. And you are the beautiful right. yeah. things. Yeah. I love them and I, I like to surround mm-hmm. myself with a beautiful home and garden and beautiful clothing. I love all the beautiful things. There's nothing wrong with that. I love it. They bring me a lot of joy, but they are transient. Yes, right. They are transient. So I, my beauty uh, uh, and my strengths and the, the wealth is really within. Mm-hmm. Wow. It is really within. And we can all uh, reach that point, you know, if we just, uh, uh, turn inward and and detach ourselves a little bit from the material. Not, I mean, you have to. Your safety needs have to be met first, right? Of course, right. You know, of course. and there's uh, also there's nothing wrong with ego. But when the ego ego starts having a stranglehold on you, mm-hmm. then you know, and then you ask, and you're so obsessed with success, material success, then you ask have to ask yourself, does it serve right. you well or not? That's interesting. You know, my, um, my, my father was born in, in Germany and, and they Ah. did, yes. And they did, and he was born in 42 and his family, they did leave. We're Jewish and he did leave and Ah. to Chile, um, where, where he met my mother, et cetera. And yeah, in Chile, but it's interesting because I don't know if that, or just the German upbringing was very strict and, yeah, uh, very strict. you know, we, as kids, we had no choice, but to really succeed. And, you know, and then they did leave Chile. So they, my dad had, you know, they, his family had um, moved to Chile. He met my mother there and they lived there and then uh, immigrated to the U S after years, oh. uh, three years of getting yeah. through visas and having a sponsor, et cetera. But, yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting always to me is I feel like um, somewhere along the line there, my dad's sense of success was really just about, you know, finally achieving the home and the independence and the wealth. And and it was hard for him to see the wealth is just in the family you created and the relationships there and the, you know, morals and values they instilled, but that was hard. And I don't know, I still wonder, sometimes I think it is some of the German background that he had, you know, that was very, very structured. This is what you know. Yes. But you know what? I was actually raised in a very chaotic uh, circumstance. Wow. Yes. You know, with the, with the, my mother being a free spirit and all it's that. It was completely ca- different. Very chaotic, completely different. From, and yet I I craved uh, security, stability. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always wanted to find my place in this world. That's all right. I ever wanted. I wanted love, appreciation, and and, and stability and, and all that. But I did uh, the strictness. I I really felt it in school because yes. I I had a different method of learning. I had to. I needed more time to absorb. And they just you know they went through that. And if you fell behind, well then you just too bad. So actually, right. I did not. I could not follow the concepts of the teacher. It all went too fast for me. Mm. And uh, I was not saying to do. You didn't think of sending 
uh, child at that time to a special school and all that. That wasn't, you know, it's just get it or you don't, you know. Right. So right. I was actually condemned dumb to my mother uh, by my oh. teacher. And oh, for a child, goodness. for a child to, to, oh. uh, to know that, that again is another strike. Yes, that you know? is. So Absolutely. my self esteem was so low. I can and, imagine. And yeah. I was so low. And now I am the most confident person because wow. I let go of those self-limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. These circumstances, mm-hmm. they did not define me. And I said right. to myself, I have something beautiful to offer the world. You know, yes. and, and my husband was the one, the wind beneath my wings. It is truly a Cinderella story. Wow. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So where do you live now? We live in La Jolla, California, oh, beautiful gorgeous. seaside village yeah, yes. in uh, San Diego, outside of San I Diego. I know it very well. Yeah. Yes, yes. Very no, nice. I have a, a paradise now, for sure. Right. But I want yes. to give back, Karen. I want to help those that feel suppressed and defeated and, yeah. and uh, g- guide them um, to how to manage those challenges and give them hope and, uh, and courage, you know. Yes, and you uh, are that to, for to get, sure. And I want to do that. That is my mission. Very interesting. Yes. And you do have that resilience of your soul, which is, you know, of your character, which is so beautiful. Did So you said you wrote a second book. So tell us a little bit about the books that you wrote and then also this movie that is coming out. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The second book I wrote during um, uh, the pandemic. My husband, I was, you know, like I said, Karen, you can have a perfect life. It's like a puzzle. You got it all perfect. And then a piece mm-hmm. is taken again. This yes. is life. Yes. We are constantly confronted with adversities mm-hmm. and challenges. My hu- husband was has a, had a, a severely uh, had a heart attack, open heart surgery, oh, and also has advanced liver cirrhosis, which uh, is not through drinking, which many people <laughs> think. Uh, it came because of the heart condition. It was one of those... Uh, uh, things so he has uh, they actually they, they it was at a point where they told him during uh, during COVID it was uh, make sure that your papers are in order oh, so wow. that is very sobering and uh, mm-hmm. I wrote this book and I wrote also how we deal with this challenge now you know yes. to see to even find joy we can even find joy in our struggles Right. So this book actually came about because for many years I've studied the wisdom of the great minds, the great thinkers, mm-hmm. poets. They are my mentors. They are my medicine. Nice. I applied their experiences, their their teachings to my life experiences, and it works. And I also wow. write about that in the book to help others. You know, it's a guide. It's yeah, a guide to finding meaning. It's called Lessons learned about life and love, living with intention and the wisdom of great minds. Very nice. Okay. And, and people uh, can find that on Amazon yes, or through it's your on Amazon. Okay, wonderful. Out on Amazon, yeah. And so I, th- this is really a guide for people to find meaning and fulfillment in life. You know, this right. is a, so, so, uh, yeah. And uh, both my books are very open. Um, you know, when I wrote my first book, I, told everything you know i did not want to cheat the reader and i thought uh i wanted to be very transparent but you make yourself vulnerable right. you do you because really do. you're opening up and, and and now i live in a society and it's all you know all luxury it's all 
But you know, this is life. I want people to know it's not all cream. Yes. You know, yes. This absolutely. is real life. This Look real. into this. Yes. This is real life. And the potential is always there to make something out of yourself. Yes. If you put your best foot forward, my it's full of important teachings to work hard, better yourself, believe that Wonderful. better is coming. And most of all, find the good in adverse situations. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I think people need that today more than anything. I think we've gotten to where everything, technology, social media, everything is so distracting that I think for a lot of people, they, you know, rather than learning and growing and seeking spirituality or enlightenment, they, they turn towards a distraction instead just to kind of keep their mind busy and keep all of that other stuff at bay. But that's really where the learning and growth happens. And life is about balance. Always. Yes. It's about balance. We Mm -hmm. need to find a balance. And, uh, and you know, also this victimhood to play, uh, to play, be the victim, forget that, you know, just don't. It's my biggest pet peeve. I cannot stand it. No, don't, don't uh, see yourself as a victim and, uh, just, uh, I think, I think really uh, we can heal our own lives with dignity and toughness, mm-hmm. mental toughness. We can, we can uh, heal our own lives. Yes. Really, I yeah, that. I think you're right. I think the victimhood, kind of the victim attitude, it, it's, there's no benefit to it. It's no, no, benefit. no, it's destructive. It just, it's yeah. destructive. It yeah. is, absolutely. Uh, deal from a position of strength, yes. you know, see the good. That makes yes. you str- surround yourself with with a, a surrounding that where you build strengths that begins mm-hmm. in your home. Absolutely, you know, build it. Yes. So so it, it is your sacred environment where you derive strengths. I do that. I yes. How is your husband and, doing now? By the way, well, he is stabilized. Oh, he good. Stabilized. Okay, good. Uh, uh, it is amazing that I still have him by my side when I. When I wrote the second book, I thought, oh my gosh, you may not be able to even read it when it comes out. And I'm at a, right. But uh, it worked out wonderful. And uh, we still find beauty every day in nice. each day. I point out I'm definitely always the cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But that's good. That's a good thing. And, uh, and that is. So, a lot uh, of people I need see, a cheerleader. Yes, for sure. I see a great value in that. In, in, uh, we have to take, he's now in my charge. And I think that's responsibleness mm-hmm. is to care for the people in our charge. Absolutely. You know, that it is. is. Uh, that is, uh, it's actually the, the, the essence of human life. I think mm-hmm. responsibleness. No, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, the more women I have met through this really doing just podcasts, interviewing women are the following on social media. It's, it's, predominantly women. And I, what I'm always just surprised, I'm not sure if I'm surprised by, but I'm also, you know, happy to see and, and, um, how strong women really are. And I think it's that amazing. it is amazing. I mean, yeah. the things I, I think, yeah. I, and I wonder to me, it sometimes feels like they're even stronger than men because I think so. I think yeah. so too. And not physically, but right. uh, mentally and uh, willpower and, uh, uh, because they are mothers. Exactly. I think that is, that is something so. like that because we're, we're mothers. Yes. And uh, I just marvel at the strengths of my mother, you know, what what uh, <laughs> what yes. she's gotten us through. And uh, so, yeah, women are can be very strong. Absolutely. Think, and did your mother, is she still alive? No, no. My I, mother, see, I'm turning 80 next month. 
Wow, and, uh, you look and, beautiful. I, I know people are only going to be listening probably to the podcast. I'm not sure if it'll be visual, but I'm telling you all, she is stunning, <laughs> gorgeous. You have this so youthful kind. glow to you, really. You, you are very kind. No, I think uh, I my mother uh, passed away when she was 90, and wow. but I still had uh, an opportunity to give back. Nice. to uh, to yeah. uh, treat her well and do things for her and my husband always uh, 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 um, supported me in that you That's know nice. he, yes. he supported me in my commitment to do good for my mother and uh, also as well for for others and uh, that is a beautiful thing it, you know in is. the end we look back on our lives and we want to you know we want to look at back at something have i made a dent in the universe and Completely. we will have made a dent in the universe just by even touching one person in a positive way, because that goes, it's like a chain reaction. In, yes. in turn, that person will, but I try to reach as many people as I can. Uh, that is my gift back. Yeah. And, and it's a beautiful uh, legacy. It's a beautiful legacy to give. Yes, and I think people I think so. really need it because there is so much strife and negativity that I think your light shines even brighter right now because people really do, you know, need yeah, it. This and, is a, yeah. Yeah. This is a time definitely. Yes, and then my my uh, um, uh, Anthony Mora. He was uh, he uh, has a production company in Burbank, California, and he thought my story was compelling and uh, uh, decided to have a documentary made. Oh yes, and wonderful. So, mm-hmm. When so is that, that is nice. coming out? Well, the documentary is currently in the film festivals, and uh, so it's, it's in a few months. I suppose it will be released for. Wow, uh, yes. So we can see, but um, that was nice because um, I saw my life. You know, when I sat there and talked about my past, I really actually felt like I'm taking the viewer by the hand and I'm walking them back into my past. Mm, you know, that's right. how I. I saw. Yes. And it's a different thing to see your life as a whole rather than just seeing it in bits and pieces. Yeah, so I agree with you. The whole life. Yes, you know, it's a, it has a very healing effect. And for me, it had a very healing effect, and also I think it is, uh, it is, it will help in understanding the current world situation. Right. And I hope it will develop empathy in uh, younger people as mm-hmm. well, uh, because uh, there's a great uh, deal of humanity depicted in the film. Oh, beautiful, so wonderful! And I, what is, the film is called "An Unimportant it's Girl." It's called "An Unimportant Girl," not like the book title uh, from Robert to Champagne, but it is that story. Uh, I felt very unimportant. Did you, you? Know, as Always a child? As a child, as yes. a child, very mm-hmm. unimportant, and uh, um, the only warmth I felt was in the arms of my loving mother. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mm-hmm. the only. Mm-hmm. I was a lonely child. I felt unimportant. Uh, very little self worth, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it. Uh, but from that unimportant, that unimportant girl wasn't all that unimportant because I Absolutely. made something exactly. out of my life. I absorbed, I learned, I learned uh, from these life lessons, and uh, so uh, now uh, this is the finished product. And now, and now that I'm going to turn eighty, that'll be a different stage in my life right every yes. stage has its own face its own atmosphere its own needs um but i go into it with positivity That's and let beautiful. me just stay healthy and then i feel like i'm just beginning because there's such an uh, so much energy emerging energy and wisdom 
mm-hmm. that we can share. Yes. Yes. You I know? think that, yeah, the, the so riches much we can of still that. Do. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So Absolutely. whatever age takes away from us, it gives us back as much. So I'm enjoying this stage of my life. You it's are actually good, the most good. beautiful stage of my life. I bet. It's there understanding. Is, yes. Cause there is something to be said. I've just even recently, um, been looking back a lot. I just, my mom passed away a little over a year ago and kind of now then looking very tough. We were very, very Mm. close, but looking back at that and kind of making sense even of her life and seeing, you know, there is something to be said for just seeing the entire story. Right. As we get older, you're right. We can even look back at ours though. It's not finished, but, and it, it's really interesting to see how you know, all the different turns that we've taken that yeah. surprised us yet, you know, the, the walk through all of that is so profound and you really see the meanings of it, I think. as you get Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. It is. And I, I think one mm-hmm. of the greatest wisdom, I think, is attention, 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 mm. pay attention to your surroundings. Yes. You know? I think that's uh, that's a very very important. No, but uh, there's uh, every stage has its beauty. You just have to see it, and uh, also always give it your best. Yes. you know we have to first. We have to pay our dues. Yes, and uh, and uh, if you go, if you uh, have the right mindset, I think play the right thoughts in your mind. Right, you know, have the right mindset and uh, set intention for your life and. Uh, and also do your best yes. and uh, then let go, gently let go, because we are not going to be in control of outcome. We have that's to realize that. That's, the, so okay, I, that's where I struggle. <laughs> that's my yeah, struggle. Yeah, but oh, I yeah. learned that. Yeah, that's I learned a, that, Karen. Yes. I learned that. I learned uh, uh, to detach myself also from negative experiences, mm-hmm. detach myself from a state of gentleness. Hmm. You know, right. then then you don't waste any any uh, negative. There's negative yeah. energy, and you don't want to waste the good right. energy. Right. You know? So detach yourself from a it. state of gentleness, and it doesn't. You don't let that poison grow within. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Well, this has been such a joy. You have really lifted just my spirits as well as just, I'm sure every listener is going to take from that as well. It's been a beautiful time interviewing you really. I appreciate it so much. Um, Thank you so so much. Yes. And if anybody wants to either reach out to Vivian or find out more information, her website, which is Vivian, uh, and you'll see it on here um, at the, on the post, uh, VivianKnable.com. So I'm sure you will have other people reaching out to you, but um, whether they see us in video or not, um, your light really shines through and I, I know that they will appreciate it. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Karen. It was a privilege to be in conversation with you. Thank you. Take care. And I'm going to be getting the, both your books. So I will uh, I will let you know. I will be in touch. Okay. I hope it will be a good you. experience for you. Thank, thank you, you so much, much for having me. 